order to stay relevant, you have to stay open to new trends and keep educating yourself. You have to keep evolving. That is such a great quote for this episode. That quote is by Natalie Massonette. Welcome to Heal, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. back to heal. We're so happy to be here. Hi, Britt. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Today's guest is someone who I've known for just a short time, but I think long enough. And I didn't mean that to be a wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> long enough to know that I wanted him to be on this episode because this episode is all about education and educating yourself when you feel like all is lost or just in general. If you're faced with the situation and you're not sure what to do, educate yourself. So this person who's on today, his name is Matt. Hi, Matt. Hello. Matt has been through some things, as most of our guests seem to have, right, Brittany? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because everyone deals with their situations a little differently. And Matt is here because he had gone through, a, he has a chronic illness um, that he deals with every single day, but I'm but I'm I'm so happy to have him here because he's going to tell us all about it. He's <laughs> going to tell us what happened, how he knew what he had, and what he did. So Matt, I know that's kind of a lot to start with, but welcome and thanks so much for coming. Sure, thank you, thank you for having me, and um, I'm super excited to be here with you both. And um, yeah, it's truly um, something I live with daily, and um, you know, um, it's been a a challenge, an everyday challenge that um, has taught me a lot about life and the purpose of life um, for the past nearly a decade. So, um, so yeah, I'm here. One of my first questions, how long have yeah. you been dealing with this? And, and if you feel comfortable telling um, people what we're talking about? Sure. Yeah, that's going to kind of jump into that. So, okay, um, so yeah, so since 2011, the summer of 2011, the onset of a, an inner ear disease known as Meniere's disease, um, which Approximately, uh, depending on the source you, you consult, it's it affects roughly one in one out of every one thousand people. Wow! Um, and normally, onset for this disease is not until like your fifties or sixties, and it hit me um, kind of at the prime of quote unquote prime of my life in my thirties. I missed a, a career and starting a family, and um, and yeah. So for the past decade. Um, I've had some some peaks and some valleys, and I can tell you that there's been a lot of self-discovery and a lot of help from what I consider to be my wellness team, you yeah. being one of those people. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and um, it's it's been quite the journey, and I continue to learn a lot each and every day. So, so that's the part that I really want to talk about. I want to talk about the onset of this disease. Sure. How did you know? I mean, obviously, you went to a doctor. And they told you what was happening. Yeah. So I want to know what they suggested you do. And then I want you to tell everyone what you ended up doing, because I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent sure that they didn't tell you to learn about energy work or essential oils 
I, I, would, I would love to hear what they said and then tell everyone what you decided to do in addition to or instead of what they um, told you to do. Certainly. So you're absolutely correct. Early on with you know, Western medicine, the, uh, the idea was to treat the uh, symptoms rather than the causes and everything was a quick fix. And that's how I've been programmed like many of us for many years. Um, that was my education prior to this journey, this wellness journey of which I'm on. And um, really what it was is first onset summer of 2011. I remember uh, uh, I'm a teacher as well, high school teacher. And so I remember being home one evening in the summer and kind of hearing this buzzing or hissing sound in my ear. And um, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe it was like an ear infection or something to that effect. And really what it was is I had some sort of what I think was going on was like a, a viral infection or inner ear infection mm -hmm. that went untreated for a bit. And um, if you progress a few months into the early fall, I, I started to notice it becoming even uh, more frequent, a little bit of distortion of uh, audible distortion in my, my left ear. Uh, speech was becoming a bit difficult. And that continued on for a bit. And I, I finally sought out, you know, um, medical quote unquote advice. And uh, it was a quick, quick prescription of, uh, you know, steroids and antibiotics and even antiviral. And it wasn't until probably about two and a half months, three months had passed on uh, December 25th, or actually December 24th of 2011, that evening, which for many people, you know, it's Christmas Eve. I was with my family out having a great time, came home at about 1130, um, woke up to use the restroom and for the first time experienced vertigo. Wow. Yeah. How so I, I want to knock on wood somewhere, but I've never yeah. suffered vertigo, but I have talked to many people who have, and it sounds sure. debilitating. Absolutely debilitating. Um, it, it was the first of I, I don't know, hundreds of boats of, of times that I've had this episodes as they're called. And it was incredibly scary because I was on the floor uncertain as to what had happened, what was going on. And at the time I kind of equated it to um, possible dehydration or intoxication or who knows, you know, yeah. um, as I had participated in festivities that evening, but really what it was is that it was uh, um, uh, one of the, one of the chronic uh, symptoms, if you will, of this disease of it, you know, it's known as a idiopathic, um, disease, meaning that the cause is really not well known. And the treatment, unfortunately, that was prescribed for me was heavy medication. Right. Um, at one point, I was on 13 different medications, mostly for management, some of them for um, abortive purposes for treating vertigo. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I quickly learned, um, I wouldn't say quickly, after several years of trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, timeless count, you know, countless visits to doctors and this time so out of, out of the classroom, you know, as a teacher trying to figure out what the hell was going on in my life. Right. Um, I, everything kind of came to a crash and halt in 2016 for me. So, and, five um, so I would say for, so you're saying that yeah. you, you were dealing with this for five years before you decided to make a change in another way. Right. Right. And really wow. the early, that's a long early, time. It is. And the early advice was, you know, reduce your sodium intake, abstain from caffeine, abstain from alcohol, try to try to keep your stress low. I had no idea how to do that. I thought I did. I had no idea. Well, teachers and, don't uh, really have a hard, can really have a hard time staying stress-free. Right. Right. 
And so, yeah, so for about five years, um, it really took for me to get to the point where I had about 13 days straight of what seemed to be an endless cycle of vertigo. Um, it, at one point, I was 18 hours straight. I couldn't get out of bed. If it were not for my wife, um, who was truly my rock in life, um, I don't know where shout I'd out be. to Michelle, shout out, huge shout out, huge <laughs> shout out to Michelle. So, yeah. So, you know, between she, a few other family members, uh, you know, and my, my, my daughter, uh, Mia, believe it or not, I mean, they, they've, they were my early support network and they of were course. the ones that really got me thinking differently about this. Um, and so I just really beat up and tired and, and exhausted by taking all the pills and to be honest with you, the pharmaceuticals, I think, caused more chaos in my life than the, the disease at the time. And I got to a point where um, I was reading a book titled Mind Over Meniere's by uh, a gentleman named Glenn Schweitzer. And he got into this notion about self-care using meditation and um, reducing, you know, like actual Eastern techniques, Eastern, mm -hmm. you know, medicinal techniques of oils and acupuncture and things like that. And it kind of kind of got like a little bit interested kind of piqued my interest and um and I said you know what I'm just gonna dive in head first what else do I have to lose I was on the verge of losing my career oh that would have been awful yeah you know I was on the what I thought at the time on the verge of losing my marriage mm -hmm. um I thought you know just the the lifestyle changes that come with this it's you have to reinvent yourself right um and and it was I had a lot of people who I thought were dear and near to me um quickly absent from my life because you so, started to make changes that didn't align with them that and also because I think some many and I, and I don't want to assume because that is all one of my um, agreements with myself to not try not to assume things but if I had to guess I think it's a lot of people didn't know what to do and therefore it was easier to be um, removed from the situation you know in right. fear of potentially of offering the wrong advice or you know saying the wrong thing I think the other is that, um, yeah, the lifestyle modifications of which I'll speak to, you know, a little later on, they, they're almost like an imposition on others because it's, it's not easy, you know? Um, yeah, I remember you telling me a quick story. I won't go into it in depth, but I just remember you yeah. talking about visiting friends and, and them being maybe, okay, maybe I got this, I understood this wrong, but uncomfortable with, or I'm not understanding what to serve for you because you were you had a special diet and you're yeah. like oh, don't worry about me I will take <laughs> care of myself but it was still I can understand how that would be uncomfortable and yeah. not knowing sure and it is I, I think it is and it's I'm at a point in my life now which thankfully and uh, you know it didn't happen overnight and, and it's like it's it's all good I always say that to people it's all good don't worry about me I've got it you know yeah. and, th and that's that's part of the education part is I've had to learn um you know not just the dietary component where I had to literally do an elimination diet and strip everything out and build it back up and learn what my triggers were, you know, what, what created the migraine effect, what created the vertigo, what made me not feel well, what made me feel better, you know, what improved my life, which is really a lot of like plant-based, um, you know, nutrition that I do. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it really is something that um, you have to educate yourself. And when you're down and out and depressed and anxious and fearful and don't know what the hell is going on in your life and no one around you has this disease in the doctors you go to just keep pumping prescriptions at you and 15 minutes later good luck um that's a hard place to be i can and imagine what was, I, I felt, what was one of the first things that you did though to 
And you said you did an elimination diet. Was that the first? I did. Yeah. You know, one of the first things I did, and I I really don't speak about this too frequently, but I'm going to share it is I sought out, um, I sought out assistance. Um, I I sought out the help of a, of a, of a, you know, a, um, can't even think of the word, like a, a, I want to say counselor. It's not therapist. <laughs> a therapist. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the exhaustion of the day. Is um, we had no therapist. Listen, people, Again, give him a break. Because... He's a teacher, and it's Monday, <laughs> and it's at night, and it's hard to think when yeah. you're a teacher at night. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's exactly what it is. But I know, I know. It I'm is. I'm like brain fog. Yeah, and, and so I saw. No, I did. I saw it out, and and honestly, that took a lot for me to that that leap of faith, if you will. A lot of this was that because it was very atypical in my life mm-hmm. and of my life. And I was very much of like the male ego, quote unquote, and I can take care of this. I can take care of my life. I've got it, you know, like that whole thing. And the reality is, is I was so, so wrong, you know, so yeah. wrong. Now, you know, rearview mirror, I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? You know, um, so I sought out help and, uh, and I, and I, I was very, it was, <laughs> It was, it was difficult for me at first because I tend to be a very private person and I tend to, to pride myself on, I've got this, you know, like that, that mindset. And um, that really, just those initial conversations of like, it's okay, like this, this happens, it's okay to adjust, it's okay to start thinking differently about things. It, I allowed myself, I think it gave me permission, if you will, yeah. to begin investigating the alternatives and really considering like myself over, and I hate to say it, but over others. And, um, and that was really what was going on is, I think it's what teachers do, unfortunately, at times is you, you're just the constant giver and the self-care um, doesn't always happen for yourself, you know, and, and for many other professionals. And so um, it was really, yeah, seeking out, you know, help. I started an elimination diet. I, I started really journaling. Um, which was a huge part. And that was part of Mind Over Meniere's, this, this book uh, through Glenn Schweitzer that I read. He, he discussed about how journaling, like by the hour, everything from like what you consume, what your sleep pattern is, how you're feeling, barometric pressure, which affects my ear, you know, things you can control, things you can't control per se, environmental and otherwise. Um, I started doing that, paying attention. And it took months and months and months to start to figure out little block, you know, little pieces and all of a sudden it started to click like I was building like a house and I had my foundation built and, and here I go and, I, and I'm not there yet you know like I'm still working on it um, but I started doing that and I started doing what I thought was meditation it really I guess it was I was taking time for myself to reflect and contemplate and just to, to really slow down things but um, you know I, I got into acupuncture I got re- a chiropractic care which has really yeah. helped acupuncture um, I swear by it, you know, I go at least once monthly. I have a phenomenal acupuncturist um, who has just really helped me out a lot. And then um, while doing that and, you know, the chiropractor, I met Sue, who we know, and, and, and she's a massage therapist. And she also has this, which was the first person I ever met that has this disease. I think that's so fabulous. It, it was, yeah. And I think it was that moment that I was like, all right, somebody sent me, sent her to me like this. We didn't know one another from a hole in the wall and it we had some great conversation and to see somebody who was so um positive and mm-hmm. somebody who was so productive and just just of a really optimistic mindset um that gave me hope 
Yeah. And, and, and that was, I don't know, three or four, maybe five years ago. Now I've lost track, which I think is actually a great thing because I used to count it down by the seconds. I bet. And, um, your and, whole life and, changed. Yeah. You know, of course yeah, you're it, like, wow. It, you know, it is. It happened exactly when it happened. <laughs> right. And so, so I started, you know, so like baby set, steps, incremental, these incremental, you know, um, growth spurts, if you will, of trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. And sometimes I try things and get sick. And it took a lot to shift my mindset and really learn that it's okay if you get sick and to, to begin to under better understand this disease and know that um, it's not what I identify through or as, and I right. was doing that. It's, I, and that's what happened before I was, you know, I thought sought out a therapist and that self-growth initiation, if you will, was for about five years before this. So from like 2011 till about 2016-ish, I was hiding this from everybody. I was fearful to bring it up at work with my colleagues. I was fearful to bring it up with my friends. And the fear was loss. You know, it was all fear-based um, emotion, if you will. All just, just, just this, this fear of the loss of control and the fear of losing people and the fear of losing your source of, you know, your, I don't even say income, but my life, my, my livelihood, my, my lifestyle is teaching. Like, that's my life. And, right. and it was just so like I think of it now and it, it's just so scary to, to you know, as when you're going through it all. And that's what, once I started seeing like, it's okay, it's gonna be okay. And I started having that self-speak and, the, and that, that was like my mantra, like early on was like, you've got this, it's gonna be okay. You've got this, it's, you know, like you're doing it. Um, and even when I would have a setback, I would, uh, I'd have the opportunity to, to say, okay, it's gonna be okay. All Not of a sudden that, things started to click. I, I feel like with every setback, you probably have, even more information um, as to how to deal with this. Right. And, and I used to look at setbacks and these, these boats, and I, I use that as like a boat of vertigo where it really debilitates me. I'm unable to perform much of any life function for quite a while. Um, you know, it could be hours to days, sometimes weeks or months, but you're absolutely right in that it's, a, it's, a, it's an additional data set or data point for me. And it helps me to, um, to grow. Yeah. You know, and that's what this is all about. It's just growth. And it, it, this initially started off with the journey of me of trying to figure out what's up with Meniere's and how can I live with Meniere's disease and how can I help others with Meniere's disease exclusively. And um, this has really turned into something bigger than that, where I want to help anybody, even if it's just one person who's going through a chronic illness um, at whatever stage of life or for however long you've had it, if you were just diagnosed today and or you know, you've been living with this thing for 30, 40, 50, or beyond years. Um, I just want to help, you know, because I know what it was like to not have a buddy in my corner, not have a friend in my corner who was going right. through this. And um, and and that's really what my mission and desire is now. And you know, um, along the way, Liz, I was introduced to you um, yeah. via Sue, and she's like, Hey, I'm gonna go to meditation. I'm like, oh wow. I think I could benefit from that, you know, like, and, and I got to be honest, like I was kind of knee jerking at it. I didn't know. I was like, oh, it's just a bunch of people that sit around and do some weird stuff that I don't understand. And there was <laughs> well, all this that's, judgment. That's true, but it has nothing to do yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, there was, there were all these judgments and, um, you know, I, it wasn't until I picked up the book, the four agreements, I forget how I was introduced to it. I, I, I I've been living that, you know, it's become part of my daily life. Um, for many years now. And so, so you know, what we're going to do, Matt, we're going to take a real quick break here because I want to take a break before we start to talk about um, 
all of the things that you do now to care for yourself, because it's not just diet, not just acupuncture. There are a lot of things that you're doing now to really maintain a healthy mat. So I'm going to, we're going to quickly take a break and we'll be back in just a few minutes and we'll be prepared to talk a little bit more about that stuff. See you in a minute. Hi guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We are back with Matt Osgood and I believe we were just getting into the types of things that he did uh, to improve his life that were maybe contradictory to what the doctors told him to do. Um, maybe they were in place of, but uh, we're excited to hear. Yeah, Matt. So you eliminated some things in your diet. You read some books and you started journaling. What else did you do? Sure. So um, <clears throat> diet, books, journaling, all that was, was working a bit in the, um, but I jumped into uh, a variety of other things that I had mentioned, um, chiropractic care, acupuncture, yep. Yep. massage therapy, massage therapist introduced me to something totally new to me, which was uh, essential oils, both diffusing and topical use. Mm -hmm. And um, I quickly found and learned that for nausea, which is something that I, I have with this vestibular disorder, um, you get a lot, I, I'm nauseated a lot. I mean, it's just become like my norm. I don't even realize it anymore, but it was ginger, like just smell ginger and it helps. And it was amazing how it would actually help. Peppermint, same thing. And then I started applying that topically, uh, you know, to your temples and other places of your, your, you know, your body and diffusing essential oils like lavender and a variety of blends and such. And I started noticing an amazing um, benefit, uh, you know, stress reduction and such. And it, it, it really helped for some of the symptoms. So, um, I started using essential oils and I use them every single day now. Um, they're part of my routine, my regimen, if you will. Um, and meditation, of course, was something that um, was slow to start for me, I think. But once I started gaining the effects of it and Michelle, my wife, started going with me and um, really was like my accountability buddy, mm -hmm. it started working, man. Like it, it was just amazing. I started having some, peeling back some layers. Yes. Um, I remember the first, not the first time I meditated, but I remember the first time being at your studio, for example, and, you know, we, you were doing a guided meditation and I was overcome with joy mm -hmm. and fear at the same time. Huh. It was crazy for me, uh, such an odd thing. It, it had to do with like, it was an emotional release, right? It was energetic release. And I remember like welling up and just tears pouring out of my eyes. And it wasn't that I was like crying per se, but it was just a, an, an energetic release. Um, and so that, you know, the oils, the, the meditation really is a huge part of what I do. Um, you know, I've gone on all the way to certification, thanks to Liz and others, um, you know, but it's, it's that, that portion has been amazing. You know, I jumped into Qigong, which is something that a lot of people um, may have heard of. It's very similar to Tai Chi, yeah. um, but it's, it's energy work as well. And um, I caught onto that. I, I think I was just dabbling around for something that was very gentle and easy to do and something I could do when I was having a bad balance day. Yeah. Because um, I pretty much have lost just about all use of my left ear. And that's not just my hearing, but also the vestibular or balance function of it. So I had to retrain myself, everything from standing on one foot. Before that, it was walking. Um, 
which I look back at and I can't get over. Um, but just, you know, um, just these new methods, these new strategies, as I call them, that were making me a stronger, healthier, happier, um, and better person to be around. How did and, Qigong help you with the balance? I feel like you would need a lot of balance in order yeah, to- Yeah, there, there were a lot, many times where I would fumble and fall. Um, a lot of wall holding or have a chair next to me for certain, you know, to, to start up. But um, really what it was, was training my eyes and my ears to work together to send a message to my brain to, uh, to keep me upright, to keep me still and to, to, to keep me balanced. And, and I think that's kind of like a theme right now for me is balance is yes. <laughs> always trying, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I always laugh about it. I'm like, oh, balance. Cause I'm imbalanced. But the reality is, is <laughs> like physically imbalanced. But the reality is, is using all these pieces, the, these strategies, as I call them, you know, the pieces to my puzzle to, to maintain or to, to try to achieve balance every day. Yeah, and, and I think um, your mind, body, and your soul balance every day yeah, in all areas. Yeah, absolutely. And so Qigong was a huge part of that. It's, it's I kind of made my own form, but I adopted others. I would watch YouTube, and then I'd get frustrated because I couldn't keep up with it. And then I get distracted, and then it's like this, and I like to do it before I go to bed, not in the morning. Yeah. And, and, and I was doing that, and then I remember Mia, my daughter, who's now eight, but she was probably five at the time, four or five. I remember she walked in one night she, and, you know, she was like, daddy, you're going to do your hot shot. And that's what she was calling it because she and her friend at school used to do like, you know, like all these things. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And she's like, okay, from now on, you're going to do it every night. And so now she's my accountability partner on that. And so she still does it, you know, she still keeps me accountable and holds me accountable. So, um, you know, she supports me. Right. Yeah. And so, so we started doing that together and you have this like little four and a half, five-year-old trying to do Qigong and smashing India. And it was a lot of fun <laughs> and we're preparing to get to bed before school, but um, yeah, it's something that I'm doing. I'm working on that certification as well. That's definitely in the works. And we can, you know, talk about that if you like, but um, just all these like new things that I, I think years ago, especially at the early onset of this disease in 2011, I would have laughed in your face had you come to me and said, this is going to work for you. Right. Like, come on, that's not for me. You know? Um, well, especially, yeah. I mean, of course, it's hard for me to say this out loud, but I don't think a lot of people understand and realize what med meditation is and what it really isn't. Mm -hmm. Correct. You know, and I think that you were right. Contemplating, writing, journaling, all of that stuff can be meditation. And Qigong is part of that too, for me. It, yeah. is, it really took me going through training. I think with you, Liz, as well, but also with Andy Kelly, Boston Buddha, like going through his training allowed me to better understand how Qigong is part of my meditation, my right. daily practice. And, I, and I, I think what I had done is I had compartmentalized each of these items. And it wasn't until I went through that step of my journey, that portion that I started to say, like, connect even those dots and say like, oh, this is all working together too. And it's all alike, um, you know? And so this just, this, this whole idea of defining that this is all okay for me and, and it's all good and it's working. And now I want to share it with others, right? You know? And because I've, I'm living proof that it can work for you. And, you know, the other thing too, is like, what works for me right now is I sit here and speak with you both and um, what's working for me right now doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a huge step of this as well as a growth mindset of just saying that and acknowledging and being okay with that. What's working for me right now is not necessarily going to work for me tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now or whatever. And that that's okay too. And, yeah, um, and that's the nature of this disease. 
Yeah. Go ahead, Britt. What were you going to say? I was like, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, totally. I think it's important to, to keep that in your head when you're um, working towards goals that, you know, sometimes it's not always going to be exactly the way that you thought it was going to be. And I think the beauty of it is really just rolling with punches. Right. Going with the flow, rolling with the punches. Mm -hmm. And when you have a growth mindset, like you talked about, Matt, I mean, I don't think that you would have gotten to where you are today if you didn't have a growth mindset to begin with. In, back in the day when you were on, you know, on your back, not knowing what the hell was going on, you didn't give up. Right. You tried a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, Actually, I have a yeah. question, if uh, you don't mind. Do you Absolutely. take any of your um, knowledge or learning and apply it uh, in your work as a teacher ever? I absolutely every day. Cool. Every day, I do. Um, you know, not not per se the. Um, I try to refrain from like the the personalized stories. I, I don't. I try not to make it. Very, this is why this is so different for me. I try not to make it about me ever. Yeah. It's about empowering my students. You know, students that I get an opportunity to work with every day. Um, but absolutely, growth mindset and the whole idea of always trying to do your best. Um, and that that definition of best changes mm -hmm. and is constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. In that we all have our entry points, and that we all have unique abilities and we all each have unique challenges both present and in the future so absolutely it's made me a better teacher mm. for certain um it's forced me to slow down and mm -hmm. really understand like what is the main point of what we're trying to do as educators you know i also think uh, an educator taking the time for self-care albeit it was forced upon you uh you know but thankfully yeah, and I've had the great, absolutely, it has been forced upon me, but I've, to kind of speak to Brittany's uh, question there was, as well as, I've had the good fortune of being able to bring this to my students directly, yeah. so like I mentioned the four agreements, um, you know, I was able to, with some of my colleagues, we were able to present a workshop, like a 21st century learning conference for our students, um, I do a lot of mindfulness and meditation, I do a lot of affirmation quotes, I do a lot of breathing technique techniques with students, um, you know, I, I don't even call them kids. I, I work with high school level students. So, you know, age students. So I call them young adults. Um, and, you know, we're a team. And, um, you know, and I always say, you know, there's a lot more than just <laughs> curriculum and, <laughs> you know, standards. There's a lot more to it. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of personalized development and becoming your own, you know, unique indiv individual. So mm -hmm. I've been very fortunate and blessed to have that. And, and I continue to look forward to that opportunity. And hopefully they continue to present themselves for me. Uh, I think future. they will. I think the opportunities will come fast and furious, especially <laughs> when you get your book finished and published. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, you know, and I know the younger we get to teach um, our students about mindfulness and respect for yourself and self-care, um, the better off the whole the whole world will be. You know, mm -hmm. start as young as you can to just teach them that you're right. important, you know, your, mm -hmm. your body, your mind and your soul are really important. Mm -hmm. um, and to understand yeah. what you're feeling, when you're feeling it, where you feel it, what does that mean? What do you do? Mm -hmm. so all of that mindfulness and stuff is really important as well. Yeah, I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, I was going through kind of a hard time and I had a teacher who just like, didn't really seem to care. <laughs> And it's I'm just a good thinking, thing you had a mother who loved you so very yeah, much. Yeah, I have really great 
support system at home, but, you know, sometimes it's like tough to, to bring the worries of school back into that environment, I guess. And um, if I had had a teacher like you, I feel like I wouldn't have been so hard on myself at the very least, you know, so it's nice. Well, thank you. I mean, to hear that, I mean, uh, that's, that's the greatest compliment that, I mean, you know, I could ever receive as a, as an educator, <laughs> as a person, honestly, mm. because um, I, I, that's, that's what I do this for, you know, that's why, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's hard for me. Like I get, I become emotional because I fear um, still, right. It's not like I mentioned this earlier. It's not like I win, it's over, do what I do. You know, it's yeah. a constant, constant, constant um, challenge as I call it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love it, but there is a fear that one day I may not be able to be in a traditional classroom setting. Um, and that's, you know, if this disease were ever to go bilateral, meaning to affect both ears, then it may force me to, you know, enter a different learning environment, teaching environment, something like that. And, um, but you know, you can't control it, can't worry about it, right? So you just keep on doing your thing day by day, remaining in the moment, doing the best you can, mm-hmm. and it's all good. But when I hear that from somebody like yourself, um, and I've heard that from a lot of adults and I, and I hope to hear it from more students, but I think they're sometimes fearful to share that. <laughs> um, but I, it's like, it makes me feel like, okay, this is the right, this is what I need to be doing. You know, I learned, I, I got into the education field for a reason beyond my control and understanding at the time. It's just the universe sent that to me and here I am. Mm-hmm. And now I, I've been doing this for nearly two decades in the formal traditional setting. And I'm hopeful that that education, but also quote unquote mastery of skill, if you will, is going to allow me to further the cause and, and, to, and to, to, to help beyond just that setting, you know, down the line mm-hmm. and well, and, you know, hopefully for the remainder of my time here, you know, Absolutely. I so, think it will. you have some great ideas and dreams that you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, one being that book that you mentioned, I mentioned for you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Sorry, that. I snorted. Uh, <laughs> And hopefully we, we talked um, off camera here, but um, or off, off microphone, is that the correct term? Um, a little bit about potentially um, starting a group for, to support maybe men, maybe not just men, but people who suffer with a chronic illness and ways that you can help educate them perhaps. Um, and you being the example and the inspiration behind that, and was there anything else that you wanted to talk about as far as things that you wanted to create, do, share with your expertise other than what I just mentioned? Or am I so, just- no, no, that's, yeah, that, that's, I mean, you know, the book I've been writing on that, I've been free writing, uh, formally writing, you know, the whole thing. It's, it's been a challenge for me because as I had mentioned earlier, um, I was dead set, like I'm going to write a book about Meniere's disease. That's all it's going to be about. It's Those things be evolve very- though, as you write and yes. you, yeah, they tend to evolve. Yeah. And so now it's like this whole wellness journey, you know, of like how you get knocked on your ass. Sorry for the language, but you do, (laughs) you get knocked right on your butt and you hit rock bottom. And I, that's what happened to me, you know, Uh, and I'm sure it's happened to all of us, you know, it will, if it hasn't already, it will. We just had a man named Shandi who hit rock bottom, but he was an addict. So, you know, both of you are here as inspirations Mm -hmm. to, and, and there's a lot yeah and there's a lot more to my story before that like things that I don't necessarily need to get to but I was in a dark place you know like yeah. we were in a, my wife and I we, we we had gone through a lot 
Um, I mean, Meniere's and, probably saved your life as you know it right now. I, I, for many years, I cursed at anyone that will listen and I would share how terrible and how cheated and slighted I had been because mm -hmm. of this disease, you know, my, my life had become because of this disease. Now I say, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's right. Because it's made me a better person, a healthier person, a stronger person. And hopefully- and you're ever closer to the person you're supposed to be and, correct. and how you're supposed to help other people has evolved, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And I know, I know that there's people with Meniere's disease, like if, when they listen to this, they'll, they'll, they'll hear that and they will be like, what is this guy talking about? This is the worst thing ever. I was there too. Like, I, I know what that's like. I know what it's, I mean, it's the worst, you know, and this, you just can't see a way up, but that's right. what I'm hopeful to do. And that's what the book's becoming about, not just necessarily Meniere's, but any chronic illness, anything you're going through, a lot of what I do with my dietary lifestyle, if you will, you know, nutritional um, has to do with. You know, it could be anybody from like high blood pressure, diabetes, any other chronic illness that, or just simple trying to be and live a healthier life. Yeah. Um, and I feel I've, like your, your dietary change, prob, um, all right, correct me if I'm wrong, but you mm -hmm. were journaling based on the book, the Meniere's book, um, Mind Over Meniere's. You were journaling mm -hmm. based on that book, but you also were journaling uh, to see what you felt like when you did this, when you ate that, when you drank this, when you did that. That's just becoming more mindful and you're just really you were practicing mindfulness before you started practicing mindfulness and you were just being aware of what you were eating and how your body feels and that's some people call intuitive eating so when you start to eat and 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 make note of and become aware of how you feel after you eat a certain food both in your stomach and your you know everywhere in your mind and then you realize that you feel like shit after you eat that food or it makes you, you know, have vertigo or you just can't get up out of bed, then you stop eating the damn food. And that's just like one, again, one way that you became more mindful about connecting more to your body and your mind and how you felt. And that's really important. It's important for anyone, whether they're suffering from a chronic disease or just wanting to make a change and not knowing where to, where to start right away. Um, journaling and noticing and becoming more aware is one great way to start. Absolutely. I, I agree entirely, you know? Um, yeah, it, it's just, I do it like subconsciously now. I don't always write everything down. You know, there are days when I do, when I'm not feeling well, I especially try to track back and say, what was I doing? And I think it's like, I'm learning to live again. Wow. That's so nice. And um, I, lost track of that for a long time. And I think a lot of people, I would, I would, I don't want to assume, but I would imagine that most people that are chronically ill, especially when you have such limitations, like I, I, it's very difficult for me to go out to eat. It's difficult, difficult for me to socialize. I mean, food is what we share as a culture, right? It's like a cultural thing and, you know, um, parties, it's just all of it. it it's just, it all changed for me, you know? And, um, but your mindset's important. If, if you go into the event and it's not, the food's not what is what important. It's the event. Right. And that's, that's right. what I'm sure you do now, but you go mm -hmm. in, like, I'm here to celebrate you not to eat, but you know, I'm grateful for the food yeah. that you put out, but I can't yeah. eat it. And, and you don't even have things... to say I can't eat it. It's just, it's something that is not on my diet. Yeah. Or... And that's, you stated it perfectly, Liz. It's like, I, I, I very rarely say I can't do this. And that's all I was doing was I can't do mm -hmm. this. I can't do that. I can't, 
And now it's like, oh, I can do this. I get to do this. So it's mindset, right? And so, and I meditate on that all the time. And it really helps me to let all this stuff, all the things I can't control go and and embrace all the things that I I have the great fortune of being able to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you can navigate going out to eat. You just have to learn how to do it. You have to have somebody who's going through it to teach you and show you the way. Yeah. And to trust, to trust, that's a huge part, the fear and trust balance, like trusting the process, trusting the highs and lows and that, that, that growth process of learning what works for you. Right. You know? And I think if you were to go out to eat, you would simply just be aware and journal and, and mm-hmm. excuse me, see yep. what, see what does happen after you eat that meal. Right. And I, I don't know. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're on the road to. I don't know, finding yourself to live again. That's just really hopeful. Um, and I'm hoping that whoever hears this, if anyone listens to this, who may be suffering from a chronic illness or Meniere's specifically, mm-hmm. um, I hope that you reach out because I'm sure Matt would love to connect with you. I don't absolutely. want to assume that. No, you can assume oh. that. Yeah, you can absolutely okay. can. Yeah, I, I think Matt, it sounds like absolutely. Matt likes to help people and his goal <laughs> in life, he's a helper. His goal in life is to help people, um, as you heard with his book that he's finishing, um, it's to help people with chronic disease and or Meniere's. Um, and if you're interested in all of the um, strategies that he incorporated into his life, oh, I'm sure he'd be so happy to share it with you. So um, instead of giving you Matt's personal information, I'm going to urge you. <laughs> We've got so many listeners, Matt, your phone would ring off the hook. I, heard about it. <laughs> I would urge you to email me at, or Brittany at talk to heal podcast at gmail.com and send us any information or questions. Um, and we can connect you with Matt. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he he would love to help in any way Absolutely. that he can because his story mm-hmm. is so inspirational. I feel like I say that every time I'm on here, Brittany. Yeah. Well, we're lucky we get to talk to so many inspirational people. Right. And I hope that uh, people out there who are listening, no matter what it is that you're going through, if there's anything that you're going through, just listen to these stories, you know, mm-hmm. inspirational stories of people who have been in a crappy situation and they all have found ways to sort of dig themselves out of that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt specifically learning about meditation, Qigong, understanding his body, um, essential oils, chiropractor, acupuncture, that's a lot of stuff, but it, you don't have to do all that. You just start with one, one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that one thing is journaling and becoming more aware of how to, how your body, mind, everything responds to what you're putting into it, then I think that then you're already ahead of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wise words. Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, is there anything else that you want to share? Or Brittany, is there anything else that you want to ask Matt since I tend to talk too much at, during these things? No, I just want to thank Matt for being here with us today. And it's, um, it's nice to know that somebody can come back from something like that and feel as if their life is better because of it. And that's really cool. Thank you. It's my pleasure being here. And I'm so ever grateful for the opportunity to be here because as I mentioned, I, if I could just help one person, 
that's that's my goal yeah. just one person and it's not just one person at a time it's like if like literally if I could just help out just one person <laughs> who was where I was yeah and, and I feel like the ripple effect of that you know and then maybe they'll be inspired to help others and and, and go on and, and that that's really my goal is to just help just to help that's all it yeah. is you know because um it's it's a scary place to be alone <laughs> yeah flat on your back or you know right. not knowing what's going especially on especially when you're not even alone but you just feel like you are yeah you yeah and, and I think the other is the, the trust component just just being able to trust um the process you know right. and knowing that there's alternatives and that um that this thing works <laughs> it works <laughs> Right. So, so at the yeah. end of every episode, we ask our guests three questions. So I'm oh, going to cool. ask you your question. All right. Fun. Brittany, I can't believe I remembered to do it. Yay. <laughs> I wish I could like pre-guess all of your answers because I feel like I might be able to at, at the very least answer two and three. But I think I might be able to answer number one. All right, you ready? Yes. When you're at most at your most peaceful, so when you feel the most peace, what is it that you're doing? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> hey, wow. Um, when I'm at no, I know, like when I'm at my most, what is it that I'm doing? When you feel most peaceful. Um when I'm at my most peaceful, when I'm the most peaceful, it's when I'm with my family. It's when I'm with my daughter and my wife. Hmm. We, uh, I have the great fortune. My wife and I are both teachers. And uh, my, so my daughter has the great fortune, I guess, of being yeah. with mom and dad a lot. Yeah. But um, it's being with my team in that like, they're my, they're my, they're my rock. And yeah. um, that, when I'm having a good day and we're just together, that's when I'm at most peace. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> right. I know the answer to this one, I think, unless there's another one that I don't know, but what is your absolute favorite, either self-help or spiritual type book? Yeah, that's an easy one for me. I've, I've mentioned it a few times already. It's the four agreements. Yeah. Uh, the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz is just, for me, it's been life-changing as simple as a, a text, if you will, as far as like the length and the brevity of reading oh, it. Oh, look at um, that. It's in his hand, Bridget. Yeah, it, it's all, it's like, it's I've like got three of them my, on like, my shelf to. right now. It's yep. like, it's tabbed and yeah. like it's, yeah, I, yeah, I've really, I've consumed, I've devoured a few of them. Um, it, it really is. And it's something that like, I'll get it, I'll grab, you know, I'll read it and I'll get away from it and come back to it. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 this practical guide to personal freedom, like you can't find a better title. Yeah. It's the truth. Like once you it's learn super that, short and it, it's, it's super and it's short. repetitive, yep. but it, it really nails it home. Like these it are the does. four things that you need to live yep. by. Period. Based on ancient Toltec wisdom, you know, I'm a history, social science guy, so like it spoke to me. You know, the whole thing. But like the reality of it is, is that um, it really get, it, for for me the the biggest, the largest takeaway for, for me in this was in that we're so programmed about like is the the, the judgment component. Yep. It's all about everything's judgment, judgment, judgment. You're judging yourself, you're judging others, you're judging what you're thinking about while you're meditating. You judge it like it's constant judgment, right? <laughs> and then the fear of all that, and like, what does this all mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and once you like begin to learn how to just let all that go and live your life, yep. And what others are doing <laughs> is more about them than it is about you. Hell yeah. That I um, think it's so I, liberating, you know. Like, do not take anything personally. Agreement mm -hmm. was the one I think for yeah. me that changed my life. 
mm-hmm. because two. you know we take so much personally but again when we realize how much people aren't thinking of us it would be staggering <laughs> yeah yeah and, it, and it's you know and, and being impeccable with your word and, yes and thought you know, I, I always just... break that one because my thoughts are a little not impeccable mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but I it's... catch them all the time and I'm like stop it yeah and I have so many favorites. I really do. I have so many. And I, I've read some really phenomenal. I mean, it, you have to understand, guys, I, I haven't, I wasn't able to read because the motion of my eyes reading text yeah. would make me sick. It would, I would be, I would be, I would have vertigo. Wow. Like it would give me vertigo. And now I can just like devour books because I had to retrain, retrain, retrain. So like simple things like that. I want to like let people know, like, it's okay. You're going to get there. You know, That's right. maybe here's a short read and you read one page or one paragraph. Or that one, one sentence will change at a your time, life too. That one but it'll change your life. life. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so absolutely the four agreements for me. Okay. Ready for the last question? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. You have no choice. It's coming. Um, <laughs> all right. I also think I know the answer to this one, Okay. but if money weren't an object, what would you do with your life? Whether you call it your job, your career, your calling, what would you do if money wasn't an object at yeah, all? Uh, you know, I know a absolutely. lot of teachers and it, at the risk of generalizing, which I, I'm not doing, but it might sound a bit like a generalization. A lot of teachers just hang on there until the end, until they get their, their pension. So, hey, so, what if that wasn't, what if that wasn't an object? Like, what if that wasn't an issue? Yeah, no yeah, money, so you, you don't have to hang you, on. You, you yeah, can still teach. What would you do? <laughs> um. I think I've already said it. I hope is that would help. Like my, it would just be to help others. No, it would, it would be to help others in, you know, um, very much what the mission of the, I mean, to be honest, I, I envision what I'm doing to take its course and then eventually metamorph into something, you know, into like this whole, um, you're going to be everyone's thing. wellness guru. Yeah. Well, I do and I don't, I guess like, no, but I do. I want to, I want to, it's a really difficult question for me to answer because I've always promised myself and others that the day I wake up and say that, oh, I don't feel like doing this. That's the day I leave the classroom because yeah. we've all, I feel like maybe not all, but many people have been in the classroom where you've had that teacher. And for me, that's so unfair to a student. That's so unfair to others to that becomes selfish. Right. And you, Liz, you're referring to what I like to call the prison sentence where teachers count down the days till they retire so they can get the, you know, retire, whatever. And if that's your mindset, then man, you need to be, you need to do some self-check and, and figure out what really makes you happy. Right. Or stay where you are and find out, do other things. Yeah. Create a yeah. balance. So if yes. you're unhappy in your job, but you yeah. have to stay there, then mm-hmm. find those other little things that you can do to keep this balance healthy instead of a mindset right. of when am I getting the hell out of here? How about, yeah. you know, this is the job that pays the bills, but I'm going to go do my passion on the right. side. And the, that's kind of what I think I'm in the infancy of right now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with my life, you know, at this stage of my life. And, um, you know, I've become certified in Qigong. Reiki is another one we didn't even discuss, Liz. Reiki, hello. <laughs> hello. Um, you know, thanks to Liz, like I've worked on up to that and, mm-hmm. and master level. And oh my goodness. There's so like, much, there's so much. So much. To yeah, help people, you know, like, yeah. but it, it's, to, it's to help others. It really is. And it, for me, this sounds so cliche, but I don't do it for the money. Right. I mean, you need money to yeah. live, right? In, in Western yep. society, you do. Of course, Modern society, right. but 
but the reality is it's just to help others. I mean, if I could eventually get into just lifestyle coaching and helping others and, and um, being a mentor. You've heard you know? it here first, people. Matthew Osgood, lifestyle coach and mentor. <laughs> Sounds good. Author, lifestyle coach and mentor. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you'll get there, Matt, because uh, if you're calling, it's something you're supposed to be doing. And the reason why I think you're a teacher now is to pre prepare you for what you're going to be doing later. And that is to teach, like I say about myself, and that is to teach in just a different way. That's all. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. I thank you for your support. And I, and I, <laughs> hey, I again, it's, yeah. yeah, I just, you know, um, you're part of my wellness team. <laughs> I'm going to be selfish for a moment, but you are. And I, and I cannot thank you enough. Um, well, thank like you for trusting others that are out there. Really? Um, like you, you said, know. it takes a lot of trust. And you, and I, it sounds like you're someone who didn't have that. So thank you for trusting me. Mm. Absolutely. Thank and you. thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and Brit, even though I'm the one who talked the most, Brittany. <laughs> people are gonna people are gonna stop listening when they realize how much of a bully you are to me. What? <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. You better be kidding. Um, just kidding too. <laughs> it's been a long day here in Massachusetts. We're all kind of punch, punch drunk again. <laughs> this happens every time Britt and I get on the Zoom call to record our podcast. We get a little silly. But, but in yeah. all honesty, Matt, we are yeah. so grateful that you're here with us. Thank you for mm -hmm. taking the time and sharing your personal story. Because I do think when we share our stories, it helps others. Even like you said, if it's just one person, um, you've reached somebody. And I appreciate your time and mm -hmm. your trust yes. and your friendship. Yes. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank Britt, you. anything else? Right. You good? Good. Good to go. Good. <laughs> Matt, anything else? No, just in closing, I would say just anyone who is listening or knows of somebody who may benefit from this, to do not hesitate to reach out to Liz or Britt for my contact information. Um, I'll be happy to help. Absolutely no problem at all. Awesome. Thank you, Matt, for saying Thanks. that. All right, friends, we'll be back in just another minute and we will talk a little bit about um, education and some of the things that Matt has incorporated into his life. And we will leave you with either a question to think about or some thoughts. Thanks again. And we are back. Thank you so much to Matt and to Britt. What a great episode. Once again, if you are someone who would like more information about Matt's story, or if you're somebody who would like some information about what he did to educate himself to become just a little bit more healed, please reach out to us at talktohealpodcast at gmail.com. We absolutely love to hear from you, and I would love to connect you with Matt. So, please... Join us next time on our next episode where Britt and I break down this episode. And until then, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may your life be filled with ease. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.